Okay, hello, and welcome back to Lunatic World. Um, This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Today, I wanted to cover what's been going on with Jupiter kind of over the last year. And then, sorry, I'm opening windows as I speak. Um, And then... To do that, we'll do some traditional luminaries. You know, let's go through the history of the last times this happened. I also am just going to kind of layer in my own personal experience because it's a little bit more, you know, when we're talking about Jupiter, it is extremely cultural, like, you know, something like Saturn, but it's a little more personal. Uh, So we're going to get into all of that. You know, I had just a, a smidge of business to cover first. So... Uh, yesterday I published my, I I was published in Gawker for the very first time, which to me is a big deal. You know, I never read Gawker when I was, you know, pre Hulk Hogan because, you know, I I, I don't, I I don't know about that stuff. But, um, a friend of mine, George Severus has been the editor of new Gawker, uh, for the last, I'd say year and a half or two years. And I really love it. I love their scholarship and I've always, and I've wanted to write for them very much. And, um, I pitched them a piece on the new She-Hulk series for Marvel and they, you know, took a chance on me and I'm really grateful. So I highly recommend you read the piece. And, you know, if you like that or any of my other pieces, you can always subscribe to my Substack where I kind of announce all this shit, uh, davidodyssey.substack.com. Mitzvah world, big deal. I'm very happy. Okay. So, yeah, She-Hulk notwithstanding, Netflix released The Sandman Show. And incidentally, I do have opinions about it. Yeah, I'm sure you saw that coming. Like, okay. Sandman is a beloved comic book series. Uh, When I was in eighth grade, my, like, chic English teacher, Miss Latham, told me that she read literary comics, quote, like the Sandman, and I was so gagged um, that anyone could be that cool. It's, you know, I have read it a few times. I would not say that I'm, like, the biggest fangirl because, frankly, a lot of it goes over my head. It's, you know, it's up there with the invisibles in terms of referencing Shakespeare, Byron, you know, crossing through about 10,000 years of history and mythology. But, uh, you know, it, it comes from this moment in the 80s along with, you know, my personal favorite, Swamp Thing, where... It's it's Neil Gaiman. It comes from this moment in the 80s. It is clearly informed by AIDS. It's very dark, grim, gothic, bloody, gooey, violent. All of that is quite revolutionary for what it did for the medium. But it really is, you know, Neil Gaiman's a Scorpio, and these are horror stories. Um, this adaptation is very well cast. Tom Sturridge is gorgeous. Um, the actress playing Lucienne is great. You know, the pieces are in place. The devotion to the work is there, but it's a Netflix show. And this is the same with the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie. More on that in a minute. It's like, it's not scary. Um, and this is the same with Swamp Thing. You know, Sandman 
a lot of the the horror stories in the those books are so because of the the post AIDS aspect are so visceral and they just get under your skin in a really profound way. And I was talking with someone I know about it and he was like, you know, what if David Cronenberg had done it? I agree. I'm kind of like, I wish Jim Henson had done it. Like I I just need the creatures and the effects to feel textural. And I need a little more like goo and slime uh, and, and, and human kind of refuse, if that makes sense. I gotta tell you, was not a huge fan of of this of Clara on Doctor Who. I mean, I was not a fan of. It's not that's not the actress's fault, but um, who? What is the name of this actress? Um, she's the one who's dating Richard Madden. So you know, do with that what you will. Um, Clara on Doctor Who is played by Jenna Coleman. Okay, so Jenna Louise Coleman plays Joanna Constantine on on Sandman and you know by the way I didn't finish the season so it's possible that by like episode 7 everything is a fucking gag tear um so you know I'll I'll keep my mouth shut but they do this thing where they take the John Constantine character from the comics who is introduced in the swamp thing Sandman universe as like this British tattooed, cigarette smoking, trench coat wearing occult faggot. You know, he's, you know, they have him sleeping with women. He's really bisexual, but he's supposed to be the sort of British character that just can never translate to the United States of this kind of thin, twinky nasty bad boy and they made you know it's the Keanu Reeves movie does have its merit I don't think his character has anything to do with the source material then there's like the TV stuff heretofore irrelevant I I can't imagine who I'm offending right now like if you're offended by this you know what I mean you look at your priorities okay um anyways they then gender flip it and give it to Jenna Coleman, which is fine, but she's playing this very cliched, like, she's a sexy exorcist in London. And it's like, this is not quite getting there, people. So, you know, I, I'm I'm quite optim I'm optimistic, like, because all the right pieces are there. I just don't think... Mm, you know what I mean? It, it needs... What's crazy is that when Netflix did that Dark Crystal show, I still think that's the most beautiful show I've ever seen. And it was so special and unique. I just... By the way, you know that I'm kind of not into TV. Like, I'm watching Drag Race All-Stars and very much enjoying it. I think it's the best Drag Race has been in... I think... I would say... UK Season 2, España Season 1, Drag Race All-Stars 7 are the best Drag Race has been in in a while and like really greatest hits ever anyways but besides that i'm like i'm just gonna rewatch dune again because i can't i just not seeing the point of tv right now i need a little more immediacy which we'll talk about with jupiter and aries by the way hello okay so you know the other thing i would just say yes i rewatched clueless recently yes i cried 
Clueless. I, I'm trying. I think Clueless is Aries Libra, in terms of the like, the flaw in the plan. You know, the chink in the armor, the uh, the crack in the beauty. I think it's it's all of that. Um, and I just think it's so, so beyond. I'd say like Clueless and Romeo and Michelle's. You're like, uh, how? how are these even possible? Like, how how do other movies get made after you do... Like, how has so much shit gotten made while those two exist? Because those two are so high that it's it's like a disservice when other romantic or kind of girly comedies get made that, that insult that legacy. Okay, so let's get into it. I'm sure I have other stuff to tell you. I'm, like, in such a weird place. Like, I... I... I think I'm coming back to the States in October. I'm playing Nintendo. I'm rereading the Harry Potter books. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, am I an intellect anymore? Am I even a human being? These are all questions that might not get answered. So let's get into Jupiter. I wanted to do kind of like a Jupiter diary. So this is the situation. Jupiter is the planet of... Um, Jupiter is the biggest planet in the solar system. It is this kind of peak planet before we get to Saturn where all of the kind of personal experiences of the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars come into their synthesis. So Jupiter represents this kind of amassing of wisdom and talent and knowledge before we start to go, before we enter into... um, the trials and before we start to give our gifts to kind of the rest of the human race and become part of the larger uh, generational planets, Jupiter is this kind of, you know, you at your highest. You know what Tina Fey says in Bossy Pants, um, you stepping into your best light on your best day. So there's that aspect. Jupiter is, um, I-, I would say, wisdom cultivated through experience. Okay, fine. And Jupiter is definitely expansion. It's expansion, abundance, kind of uh, escalation, um, just bigness. So, you know, in a chart, there's a lot of things Jupiter can be doing in terms of, like, where your experiences come to that synthesis point, etc. When Jupiter's transiting, it's a little bit more... It's like the the spotlight is going on a certain sign when Jupiter's there, and those themes get really kicked up and activated, and it's very exciting. Um, So Jupiter, more or less, spends about a year in each sign. So that's a really easy way for astrologers to kind of know what the vibe is for that time frame. It's a little more tricky with Pisces and Aries because it tends to do a little bounce back rigmarole thing. So this is, you know, and this is so annoying and you don't need to remember these dates, but just to get kind of an idea, Jupiter is in Pisces May 14th, 2021 through July 28th, 2021. Okay. Summer preview. It then came back into Pisces December 29th, 2021. And it was there until this current May, May 10th. It then we have a summer preview of Aries May 11th, Jupiter is in Aries through October 28th, 2022. And then again in Pisces, October 29th to December 20th, 2022. And then another Aries turn, December 21st, 2022 to May 16th, 2023. On the other hand, if you look at, 
you know, Jupiter is going to be in Taurus for one long direct run from May 2023 to May 2024. Same with Gemini, same with Cancer. With Aries and Pisces, for some reason that I am not an advanced enough astrologer to explain, we get these kind of bounce backs where it'll be in one sign for the summer, one in the fall, one in the summer, one in the fall. So right now we have it going. We have May 14th. 2021 through May 16, 2023, we have this bounce back between Jupiter and Pisces and Jupiter and Aries. There's a little Aquarius in there too. This happened last uh, January 18th, 2010. Jupiter went into Pisces and we did another bounce back through June 4th, 2011. And then the time previous, we had um, February 5th, 1998 through June 28th, 1999. That was a little more linear. Oh, sorry. That actually went through February 14th, 2000. So anyways, I'm just saying this. If you look at the 1998 to 2000, if you look at the 2010 to 2001, and then if you look at the 2021 through 2023, which are these like turn of the decade moments, we see Jupiter and Pisces and Aries bouncing around. Look, Pisces is going to be the final sign of the zodiac. So this is the sign of culmination. It's kind of ending an era, sealing things, bringing things to a fore. Fine. Aries is the start of a cycle. So Aries is starting the themes of a new decade. I think, you know, that back and forth is good for cooking. It's good for kind of... um, Some eggs hatching, some aren't ready yet. Give them a little time. Now they're ready. The idea being that once Jupiter moves into Taurus, which is the sign of embodiment, we're really kind of unleashing and cooking with gas. So let's just start with the 90s one because I I think this is kind of a just a fun one to throw out. You know, the Jupiter and Pisces, that 1998-1999 moment, we have Pokemon. Hit Me Baby One More Time, Jawbreaker, Cruel Intentions, Truman Show, Big Lebowski, Ray of Light. So these are all definitive 90s works. Um, Cruel Intentions is a generational classic. It kind of seals the deal for that generation. Um, Hit Me Baby One More Time is also a generational classic, which is to say if you were – you had to have been a certain age – to download, to to transmit that song and kind of receive it. Obviously, Hit Me Baby One More Time started a new era of the Britney era, the new, you know, but, but at the same time, it was kind of the peak. It represented the, like, final form of 90s pop consumerism. You know, you can listen to my episode of uh, Cracks in Postmodernity for more on this. The Truman Show and The Big Lebowski, I just also think of as they are definitively 90s movies. Obviously, The Truman Show is visionary, um, but there is something about them that they they kind of seal up that decade with a bow. And, you know, you don't have to take this too literally, but I'm just kind of just play with me here. okay? Um, and Ray of Light, too. I'm like, Ray of Light to me could not have been made post 9-11 and ray of light is not really about the millennium like ray of light ray of light is about the millennium in that it's like about jesus like going to his death in that way but it's it's truly this like 
culmination point for Madonna. You know, those and Ray of Light, by the way, if we just not even the, the culmination themes, if we look at the Piscean themes, Ray of Light is Madonna's like water, you know, water Buddha Christ Kabbalah album. Um, Truman Show is very much about that Piscean thing of seeing through the gossamer, you know, um, and then, you know, things like Jawbreaker, um, things like Hit Me Baby One More Time have this kind of pop self-awareness that Jupiter and Pisces makes sense. You know, it's at the end of a cycle. It's it's so self-aware that it's like kind of bleeding, you know, in that way. When we look at the Aries cycle, which is that kind of 1999, a little bit into 2000 with some tourists jumping in, we th- we see... The launch of the PlayStation 2, we see Star Wars The Phantom Menace, All About My Mother, The Matrix, uh, Slim Shady, Fight Club, uh, Talented Mr. Ripley, Eyes Wide Shut. So these have a different feeling. These feel like something new. I'm not saying that they perfectly predicted the decade to come because, frankly, 9-11 just fucked everything up. But All About My Mother to, you know, my favorite Alma Dovar movie, which I watch every year. By the way, I went on a date with someone earlier this year, and I told them that I love that every year I watch I'm So Excited, the uh, Alma Dovar movie set on the plane with the, the gay flight attendants who do mescaline. And he was like, you know, that's one of his most critically, like, reviled movies. And he said that to me, like, as if that's what's important. And I was like, yeah, but it's his art pop, like it's the most fun to to watch. And he just was like, how dare you threaten my Criterion collection? He had one of those things on his face. And I was like, don't try to educate me, okay? I know everything. So let's not do that game. Let's try to just like have genuine points of view. Is that hard? Okay. Um, but All About My Mother is kind of a different place for Almodovar. It's, it's, it is a turn, you know, that movie of course is very critically acclaimed. Incidentally, it's fabulous, but it just, it it represents a different place from a lot of his, his 90s stuff. Fight Club, Eyes Wide Shut, Talented Mr. Ripley and The Matrix. They, there's something about them there is a darkness to them. There is a kind of new understanding of sexuality, especially with Fight Club and Eyes Wide Shut. You know, we're starting to see a lot of the new seeds be planted. If you watch, of course, The Matrix, and if you watch Fight Club, you know, the style, the aesthetic, the sensibility is so that moment, and it's so new-new. You know, you get that feeling of... um uh, you get this feeling of I, I could I would say this for Charlie's Angels, which comes out in that period too. It's a very leather vinyl, um, you know, pop kind of moto culture thing going on. So that feels very Aries. There's this kind of new surge of sex, action, violence, right? Which we do, of course, get with the Matrix. You know, Aries is very immediate. It's very active. It's very, um, you know, create, fuck, do, build, make, um, attack. So we get these to go from Ray of Light to Fight Club. You, do you see what I'm I'm saying? We're coming kind of out of the ocean and 
suddenly Brad Pitt is smeared in blood. Um, Phantom Menace 2, I just want to say that there's a lot to say about Star Wars The Phantom Menace. So Ares is the sign of originality, and Ares is a sign of new creation. So Phantom Menace and Matrix are these two movies which, which adopt all these radical new technologies, right? Phantom Menace is, of course, all of the Lucas prequel trilogies are really derided for very bad writing, bad direction, bad acting, and CGI overreaches. However, what's worth really noting about those is if you look at the Disney Star Wars movies, uh, which have come out in the last few years, they're um, quite derivative. You know, the style is based on the 70s films and... Uh, they they kind of follow more of a formula besides The Last Jedi, which I love, and I also defended my She-Hulk article. But um, The Phantom Menace actually really does have its own aesthetic. I'm not necessarily saying it all works, but they it goes from that kind of shabby 70s road warrior, um, you know, Iran-Contra aesthetic that, that defines the original trilogy and everything else. And it goes for this... Um, Art Deco, kind of Jetsons, uh, curvy, um, you know, flying motorcycle, Coruscant kind of aesthetic. I'm just pointing that out to say that despite all of it, at this point, this mega franchise still was under the kind of purview of one original visionary, George Lucas, one auteur, and he was pushing forward a new kind of aesthetic. I'm not saying it worked, but we're just getting that kind of Aries thing. And this is a big Aries theme. When you're the face of something, you often get punished for the blowback. You know, we're talking about Mariah Carey with glitter, etc., etc. So we are just seeing a lot of originality. Um, when did Spirited Away come out? I think that's probably really interesting to think about, or at least Princess Mononoke. Um, Princess Mononoke release date. Okay, well, that's 1997. That's interesting. Um, yeah, actually, that's quite interesting. That would come out during a Jupiter and Aquarius moment, which is like this, the most adult, <laughs> the most adult animated film imaginable, kind of having this moment and hitting the States. I bet we could see an Itumama Tambien. Yeah, Itumama Tambien is coming out during this Aries moment. You know, there, there is, there's this arrival of kind of new points of view, new voices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Then we look at the 2010 to 2011 moment. So in Pisces, we see uh, July 2010 to... No, January 2010 to June 2010. Again, you know, don't follow this... This is all accurate, but, like, don't get caught up on dates. Aries, June 2010 to September 2010. Um, Pisces, September 2010 to January 2011. And then January 2011 to June 2011. So a lot to be said here. Um, we are seeing another end of the cycle, which is at that point, you know, we... 2010 and 2011, I'm just, you know, for those of us who were there... It was a really strange time because 2012, again, Jupiter and Taurus, we see a huge explosion of culture. We see the decade really kind of starting in earnest. We see, and I've talked about this a lot, but we're talking about the Avengers, um, you know, 
we're we're talking about Lena Dunham, uh, Azalea Banks, Charlie XCX, Frank Ocean, all these kind of critical voices are debuting. 2010, 2011 is this weird transition moment. So, you know, a lot happens, which is first we obviously have the financial crash and we have the iPhone, which the financial crash fully ends the culture that had come before, which is very Jupiter and Pisces. So, you know, when you look at Sex in the City 1 and then Sex in the City 2, Sex in the City 1 could only be made before the financial crash. Sex and, you know, Occupy, we, the financial crash happens in 2008, but all the Occupy Wall Street stuff happens during this Jupiter and Pisces, Jupiter and Aries. You know, the idea with Occupy Wall Street and even the Tea Party are we're starting to see something new emerge out of this. So it's not just that everything came to an end, it's that there's now new points of view. So much so that when Sex and the City 2 comes out, there is just this sense of this doesn't compute with the new vision or the new voice or the new point of view of this new decade, right? Which is very Jupiter and Aries, okay. We also see a lot of like, it's the death of books, Borders is closing. You know, there's a lot of that, which is Jupiter and Pisces, which is a lot of things of the last decade are ending. We're seeing a lot of new technology as the iPhone and e-readers and that sort of thing launch. We are in a bit of a Y2K, hello, Jupiter, like the previous Jupiter and Aries moment of where are things going? How is this going to work? You know, Avatar comes out. Are all movies going to be CGI now? Are all remember there was also the three D craze, uh, which is you know that Alice in Wonderland movie. Um, but that's happening. There's a lot of everything in movies is going into hyper CGI, hyper three D. There there is this kind of um, it, it it's a bit of like a lot of going too far too fast, which is very Jupiter and Aries. Um, we see Glee come out, which is a very interesting Jupiter and Pisces piece. Glee is like this clip show that, you know, synthesizes all this music that had come out over the previous 30 years and presents it to a new generation. Very Jupiter and Pisces, right? Um, Avatar obviously is all about new technology, but it is this very Piscean thing about consciousness that gets downloaded um and it's also like just about like these blue these blue earth people like the children of you know the children of xanadu which is very pisces so you're seeing a lot of this kind of back and forth push and pull you're kind of getting the idea here right also this i would say is a very big period for notable pisces rihanna right this is a really transformative time where she she goes from pop product into like pop institution she debuts the pixie cut she goes through the kind of mark jacobs era that's iconic we have the chris brown stuff happen you know we we're doing this huge transformative period um that's kind of again if we think about pisces as over the rainbow and then you know and then the crash we see the the full boom and then the kind of crash down you know the the all the way up and then all the way down this is also a really interesting time with jupiter and aries because music does really change um we see kind of edm coming in 
um, we see that kind of inflection. We see Burning Man culture get going, um, you know, not incidentally, you know, in conjunction with that sort of Alice in Wonderland thing. We do see the beginning of, not the beginning, but we see the opioid crisis emerging. And it's interesting with the Aries, we have two kind of big heroes peaking at this point are uh, Nicki Minaj and Gaga. Gaga, of course, is an Aries. So she really said, you know, there's a cultural wasteland right now. I'm going to fucking ride in at full gallop and take it. Nicki Minaj, who's a Sagittarius, I think was really... She has that heroic Sagittarian quality of I'm going to release Pink Friday and I'm going to be the chosen one and I'm going to blast right in, right? So it's interesting that they're, they're two of the big kind of heroes to don during this period. So now, you know, let's talk about what's going on now. Um, yeah, okay. Also, it, it was interesting... If you read comic books at that period, DC rebooted everything and said, this is the new 52, which was this very, like, too far, too fast. Uh, that, of course, fell apart because people actually don't want all new, you know? Um, I, by the way, I'm going to think of a million things I didn't mention, and I would love to hear them from you. And I, you know, knowing this listenership, I'm sure you will have no problem telling me what I forgot to mention. And I welcome that. So now let's look at this current period. So, yeah, again. In 2021, we did have a Jupiter and Pisces summer preview, such as, such as it is. Jupiter then went into Pisces. Uh, I'm pouring myself water, filtered water. Uh, Jupiter then returned to Pisces um, at the end of 2021. And it was there until May 13th this year, 2022. It, then we launched the first round of Aries. So we're in a Jupiter and Aries moment. It's currently retrograding, which is... I don't really want to get into the retrograde thing just because it's like... Kind of do with that what you will. You know what I mean? Uh, but Jupiter's in Aries May 11th, 2022. Sorry, not May 13th. May 11th through October 28th, 2022. Then we get a final journey in Pisces for the fall leading up to December 20th. And then Jupiter's in Aries from December until May 2023. So this has been kind of a, a little in 2021, but fully 2022 into 2023 saga. So... I just want to share what I've been noticing and what I've been experiencing, and then we can kind of just see what does that all mean. So last year, Jupiter first went into Pisces concurrent, not even with the vaccines rolling out, but with the first wave of people who had gotten both vaccines being able to emerge. So, you know, my birthday was four days before Jupiter hit Pisces, uh, right? Yeah, my birthday was just a week before Jupiter hit Pisces last year. And that was the first time any of us had been indoor in a bar. And we were like, the bar was like, you can't stand up. You have to be seated. Like they're all, they, we were still figuring out the Piscean thing of how do we be together? Pisces, the sign of collectivity, culmination, you know, everything together. So, 2021, we were asking a lot of those questions about what does reunion look like? Um, and sometimes it, it was really jubilant. Sometimes it was really... Pisces is both sides of the high. Pisces is that three of cups, you know, the, the sister witches are together, the coven's back together. It's also, I did way too 
you know, it's it's the person who blacks out way too early. You know, it's and by the way, this happened last summer. Last summer, Ben Leary, who, by the way, was on this podcast for the Jupiter and Pisces episode in 2021. uh, Ben Leary and I were at Reese. We saw a faggot we know, Reese Beach. We saw a faggot we know at 2 p.m. at the end of his Molly trip. And it was like, girl, (laughs) it's too much. Like, and I think a lot of people experienced that last year. There, There was a feeling of like, oh, we've got the the floodgates are open again should they be this is really confusing you know there was a lot of like wait a minute i was just in my cocoon and now i'm being released in the world and you know if we think about pisces we're thinking a lot about that the gen z thing which is such a cliche right now but you know kurt cobain who is pisces everything saturn and sun in pisces kurt cobain who they said would wear layers and layers of clothing because he was so frail and so cold. You think about Gen Z, who's always layered up. We're starting to see these thing, themes of protection. Um, during this period, and you know, I think I'm getting the timing right, but I'm not sure. Pisces, not Pisces, Grimes, ultimate Pisces, uh, while she's pregnant with her her child with Elon Musk, she says, I'm going to create a digital avatar to do my press for me, which is genius. But it is that thing of like, maybe we can reemerge in the world, but maybe we're not ready to. There's a lot of that. Um, I think it's really interesting. I just read this piece on in the Atlantic about the rise of kind of um, toxic selfishness and let me explain what i mean by that i'm not saying it correctly the article does this investigation of the new culture of these like tiktok influencers who are putting these posts out like i don't know who needs to hear this but if someone in your life is being whatever you need to cut them out immediately you know it's a lot of that language of um this person didn't do this this and this and they're not in my life anymore there's that is extremely Jupiter and Aries. This is going to be a big thing in Saturn and Aries, which we'll talk about. But we're seeing a lot of the rise of this very protective language, which jumps from Jupiter and Pisces, I need to be protected from the deluge, to Jupiter and Aries, I have to assert myself, fuck everyone else. I don't need anyone else. I don't trust anyone else. Okay. We're, of course, seeing the surge of IFS, which I've talked about quite a lot. Um, which is very Jupiter and Pisces. It's very, why is there one self when there could be uh, many conflicting selves within me? Not necessarily conflicting, by the way, as a, you know, a gleeful participant in IFS, they can often work in tandem. But the idea of uh, multiple selfhood, quantum selfhood. Um, And then we also start to see, uh, you know, this might just be me, But I would definitely say I really have noticed this, especially in this last wave, which was the December 2021 to May 10th, 2022 wave of Jupiter and Pisces. I feel like everyone I know knows someone who um, overdosed, went to rehab, or died. Um, It just, I'm not saying that's not always happening, but you know when there's those periods where you're like, why is this happening a lot? 
I also know a lot of people who started recovery, got sober, you know, whatever. But there was just a feeling of the pandemic cycle, all of this kind of hitting too high a note for some people, which is the Jupiter and Pisces thing. Things going a little too over the rainbow. I also will say this. This is completely anecdotal. A lot of relationships I know that were going pretty strong during the pandemic are coming to an end around me. That is also Jupiter and Aries, but there are two things going on. You know, Jupiter and Pisces is kind of like, we have closed out this cycle. Like, we have kind of taken this as far as it can go. Jupiter and Aries is like, I want to sniff new butts. I want to see what's out there. You know, so we're seeing both of these things going on. I just know a lot of people broken up. I also know a lot of couples who are non-monogamous. We're doing kind of pods in these kind of creative arrangements that are coming to an end. Pisces has no boundaries and no limits. And right now we're coming to the consequences of that. I know a lot of couples who are like, you know, these rules we'd set up just don't work anymore. Um, And it's kind of, are you in or are you out? So, you know, that's interesting. We also see with Jupiter and Pisces a lot of cumulative work. So TikTok, of course, launched during um, Jupiter and Capricorn and, and really, but I would say that it's gotten really big with the, with the help of Jupiter and Pisces just because TikTok is so perfect for, for it's so Piscean and that it's a fucking mess. Uh, Jupiter and Pisces, not Jupiter and Pisces, TikTok has no structure, no accountability, no kind of linearity. It's just a deluge of information. And it is really like feeding the children, but it's in the Piscean way of like, how do we know if any of this is real? Like, uh, it's just uh, poured in in that way. And the Saturn in Pisces generation is eating it up. We also see, you know, my favorite podcast is Cerebro, which is a queer X-Men podcast. Cerebro has become really popular during this period. I'm just using it as an example because it's this podcast about this comic book franchise which brings in queer and trans voices to share their point of view and their story with it. And it then becomes this like, you know, the episodes are like four hours long. They talk about culture that they, you know, it brings in all this other stuff. So we're just talking about that kind of cumulative point of view. Of course, this has been multiverse era was multiverse era really literally peaked during this. So we had, um, I, I don't really want to talk about Yellow Jackets, but you kind of get the idea with Yellow Jackets. But that's not a multiverse thing, but just as a Jupiter and Pisces looking back, blah, 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 blah. But we have, um, and I wrote about this in my Jupiter-Neptune conjunction piece for Nylon, we have Doctor Strange, uh, a movie that pissed me off. Sorry. But that's all multiverse nonsense. We also have, of course... Everything, everywhere, all at once. So, you know, Dexter Driscoll, frequent guest on this podcast, texted me and he was like, why is this movie so sexless? Because it's a Piscean movie. 
it's about connection and disillusion. And, and you know, I, I had a lot of issues with the movie, but I think the general themes, if who are the two rulers of Pisces, Jupiter and Neptune, Jupiter kind of connection, which is Michelle Yeoh, who I hope gets her Oscar. Uh, and then the villain, Jopu Tabaki, is this, this avatar of disillusion, disconnection, kind of, um, you know, everything falling away, which is more Neptunian. So we're seeing both sides of the Pisces aspect played out through the multiverse, which is all Pisces, which is why is there one reality when there could be infinite realities? What if everything were connected? You know, what if everything were um, pieced together and and uh, all of that? So that's just kind of worth noting. Doctor Strange can whatever. We're also seeing during this Jupiter Pisces thing, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which again, you can read my She-Hulk piece, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe is starting to get a little bloated. There's a little sense of this shared continuity, you know, with a million entries in this one shared continuity, what if it's getting a little too big? What if it's getting too unwieldy? What, it's, what if it's starting to get uh, inconsistent? Of course, we see Spider-Man come out where we have not just this Spider-Man, but the previous Spider-Men. You know, again, it's this big culmination phase. Um, and what's also very interesting is that we're in a streaming boom slash streaming crisis right now. So, you know, Pisces, which is literally the stream, the deluge, okay? Um we're seeing streaming, which was, you know, everything's going to streaming. It's overly abundant. You know, everything is there. It's now starting to crash. Um, that's kind of interesting when you think about that late 90s into the 2000s period, which is the late 90s was a cultural surge that in the 2000s really crashed. Uh, for a lot of reasons, all of that being gendered backlash, which is also, you know, hello. But we're now seeing the streams are not sustainable. So Netflix and HBO are in a lot of trouble. Disney Plus, you know, a lot of the... We don't really know how this is sustainable, these forms of collectivized entertainment. I think Spotify is probably going to be in trouble. You know, we're seeing... And then with Jupiter and Aries, all of that gets pushed too far too fast and we see what isn't going to last. So that's really interesting to think about. From my point of view, what's really interesting is when Jupiter was in Pisces, I would say that my like powers came online. You know, when Jupiter was in Aquarius, I was really coming into my tarot and astrology practice. When it hit Pisces, the vibrations totally shifted. Suddenly, I was channeling. Suddenly, things were going through me. Suddenly, also, I was really crashing, which is to say migraines. Um, I started having, like, <sighs> dental issues, like migraines, hypersensitivity to everything. You know, my Piscean gates started to open, which means the gifts start to come through, but also the vulnerability. What's been interesting as we've been in this Jupiter and Aries moment this summer is that 
my channeling during readings has stopped. So I have not channeled during a reading in months, noticeably. I've still given excellent readings, by the way. So please book. But, you know, they're still fucking incredible. I just, in terms of that conscious, oh, you know, your sister's talking to me from the grave. That's not really there. However, as Jupiter's gone in Aries, I have been independently channeling in a much different way, which is to say when I've written articles, when I have, uh, you know, communed with the planets in that way, when I have been on the dance floor, when I've been watching movies, I've been channeling. So a lot of the channeling is a little bit more contained in my own body, which is interesting. The other thing going on, and, you know, I, I know I've talked about this, but this really bears repeating when Jupiter is in Aries, we're seeing the new heroes of the decade coming to, to rise. You know, the new talent. Again, we're thinking about that 2011 period when Charlie XCX and Lana Del Rey and Grimes were all in their little recording studios and Lena Dunham is filming the first season of Girls. So we are seeing right now those who are launching something new or, or, you know, taking a risk on their point of view, that's going to have a part to play in the new decade. We're in a really kind of hopeless moment. It feels hopeless. It feels like an interregnum because like in that 2010, 2011 period, it's like, what now? Like everything is just so fucked up and everything is so in free fall that we need those kind of new heroes or those new figures to leap in. Um, and kind of set the course for the new decade. I think that really will happen when Jupiter is in Taurus, which is that mid-2023 to 2024 period. But it's interesting to say, you know, I know a lot of people who have been reaching out to me saying that they're kind of, quote, coming online, uh, that they're starting to feel gifts. They're start not starting to feel, but they're starting to recognize their gifts. What do they do with them? Are they clairvoyant? Can they speak to guides? What does that mean? What should they do? You know, there's a sense of non-toxic protagonism emerging, which is what Jupiter and Aries does. You know, it kind of sets the call out. So it's in retrograde right now. We'll get more of like a direct block from that December to May point. But that's just been something really interesting to note. It's also been... I would say hard for me with Jupiter and Aries. I've just felt very limited. I have felt so in myself and so not a part of the rest of the world, which I think has been really necessary because things felt so collectivized, so overly connected. And I was so sensitive to that, but I also feel really blind right now and really kind of, I can only see about two feet in front of me. You know what I mean? I can't see too far in the future, which is the Aries thing. It's direct, it's active, it's in the moment. It's just, um, I can't really see beyond impulse right now, which is very difficult. I think that as we go into the Taurus phase, we're going to start to see the release of things that are cooking now. So what I'm encouraging people right now is like, you should be in the oven right now, you know, which is where I am. I am not, I'm not out of my cocoon yet. Frankly, I feel every contact I make with another human being, I feel like someone has gone to a butterfly's cocoon and just cracked it 
before it's ready to hatch and just like goo is dripping out of it. That's how I feel. Aries is the egg hatching. And you know, while we're in a Jupiter retrograde, we're in a Jupiter retrograde uh, until, until October. Yeah, until October. So there is a sense right now of like, if you need to be inside the studio or the cocoon or the kind of meta chamber, that's quite, or at least I'm telling this to myself, you know, that's quite necessary. Um, right now is that nascent transition moment. And we kind of, I've seen visions of the future of new life, new growth, new community, you know, new trees blooming in New York, whatever. But right now that that soil isn't even fertilized or it's being fertilized right now. So I'm just kind of putting that out to say these interregnum periods are really interesting. Um, and, and we see a lot of people fly too close to the sun during these periods. Um, it's interesting too, that after 2011, which was the kind of peak of Lady Gaga, she really flew too close to the sun. She of course was able to make her comeback triumphantly, but it's like the culture starts spinning too fast and it burns things out faster. So I'm just encouraging like, if it doesn't feel like you're ready right now, that's okay. Don't force it. But if you feel a calling, it is the time to start the journey. Even if you're not ready to debut or embody, you know, the training montage should be starting now, such as it is. I know that I want to teach some sort of an active channeling thing on like working with guides and doing active channeling. And by active channeling, I mean like, how to channel when you're literally just watching a movie. Um, I have to figure out what form that takes. I'm also curious, like, what courses you guys would want me to be teaching. I'm also curious what you want to learn about on this pod, like what other stuff you want me to cover. So you know the drill. Reach out to me, davidodyssey.com, etc., etc. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope this was interesting for you. And... Um, I guess just take it easy. That's the best we can all do right now.